What's going on, good people? Another episode of Sauce Talk here on a Thursday morning. Um, with, oh my God, man, I gotta open this show with what I saw around seven, eight o'clock last night. Um, Adam Schefter uh, posted. I first saw it by the uh, share of a good friend of mine, Jonathan Harold. Um, I like to shout out the sources I may see something first. I like to give that person that, that credit, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was on Facebook and I seen where Antonio Brown had released a statement. Um, a very long statement, um, which was, you know, it's not funny, but it's just like, I mean, professionals are going to do that if, they don't feel like it or if they don't want to or if they can't. So it's not really a joke, but it's just like we all know that A.B. didn't put that together, but those were his words, and those were the things that on his side of things would happen. I'm one of the you know, people that are – that has always been about, you know, saying hearing someone's side. We didn't hear nothing from A.B. We just saw action on Sunday. We heard a side, more so a frustration from Bruce Arians immediately after the game because nothing was said during the rest of that game of why AB, you know, saying exit, exited the way he did. So when we coming from after the game in the press conference, the only thing we got was Bruce Arians saying, well, yeah, he's done. He's no longer a Buccaneer. So that was confirmed immediately after the game. So I'm watching the Cowboys play the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm reading that tweet that it was confirmed Bruce Arians' press conference after the game, Antonio Brown cut. Then we have all of these swirling stories and this and what's this and that. Incentives, you know, did he get benched so he wouldn't get paid? That was one. Um, then it was – you know, did he fall out with a coordinator? Or, but whenever it came to, to I think it was around like it was on Sunday around eight nine o'clock. I still ain't heard nothing about him being hurt or anything like that. I saw the video where he was in the Uber and all that stuff like that. So nothing was really said or reported. And then further on into the morning, to that on that Monday morning, you know, saying that's when you start hearing like little things and saying, like, oh, he didn't want to go back in. He didn't want to go back in. Like, oh, really? Like, whoa. So you go from there and you're like, okay, well, he didn't want to go back in. So what's the what's the reason behind that? Is that because of well, okay, so let's go let's do some history on that. Why would somebody like a Antonio Brown wouldn't want to go back into the game? Well, whenever he made a twenty yard catch on a beautiful route, there was talked about his ankle injury, which we all knew about before that game was played when he had the ten catches against Carolina. He reaggravated that injury. Um, that he had when he missed the time before the suspension with all the COVID stuff. Now, remember now, he was out 
with an injury to the ankle. Got the suspension from COVID. Comes back. So I want to say that the Buccaneers know about the injury. Plain and simple. Especially if the broadcast is talking about it during the Jets game. Talking about how he barely practiced on Tuesday and all that stuff like that. Or he didn't practice. So when we come up for game day, we have a, a, a situation where I feel like like something that I've pretty much gathered through the course of time is just like hoping it doesn't blow up. But it just, to me, whenever Bruce Arians made the decision to sign, you know, A.B., I'm pretty sure off of the um, – the vouch of Tom Brady mm-hmm. and company because I'm pretty sure Byron Leftwich, I'm pretty sure Gronk, I'm pretty sure some other people on that team was probably like, Yeah. We we can we can we 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 can work with A B like let's just get him, you know what I'm saying? We win a we win a championship, he's a help of it. A lot of other pieces, big time help. He was a big time help. He scored in the touchdown. He scored with a touchdown in the Washington game. He scored in the uh in the Packer game, and he scored in the Super Bowl. Um, big catches in the Saints game to keep us going. Um, so I think I want to say he scored in the Saints game, but it's neither here or there. We're in 2022, and the playoffs about to start. And all I know is, is that Antonio Brown says that the Buccaneers are spinning his exit. He's saying that he was cut by saying that he was hurt he didn't sit there and yell or cuss and sit there and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm fucking done. I'm hurt. He was just like, hey, I'm injured. I'm in pain. Um, Bruce Arians is the oldest head coach in the NFL. With that comes with old-fashioned style of coaching, which I think whenever he signed Antonio Brown was maybe a wrong choice to try to go about. And what I mean by that is he probably wasn't sitting there like berating him at practice, stuff like that. Who knows? I don't know. But what I'm saying is is that you can tell by the tone and by everything involving Antonio Brown, B.A. was not with it. And that was winning the ring and everything like that. So whenever a chance, whenever you can kind of be like, ah, I can get this person out of my hair, it's almost kind of like provoking to where if you are a head coach, of a football team of 53 men that's going to be, you know, dressing up to go out there and play for you. You would know how to handle each player in a sense because that's what you get paid millions mm-hmm. to do. And especially the personality that Bruce Arians have, especially with players, especially how he loved Ronald Jones. You know, Leonard Fournette was there. Yeah, he's there, you know. But Ronald Jones our guy. Ronald Jones this, Ronald Jones that, Ronald Jones this, Ronald Jones that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is a person where he seems like at this age where he's picking favorites, where he, he gets cool with people. And and he didn't, I don't think he liked Antonio Brown very much, but he knew he had a job to do. And he knew Antonio Brown was going to help him achieve in that job that he's trying to do, and that's win the Super Bowl by leading these men with a, with a, with a prime leader as a quarterback in Tom Brady. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna tolerate him there, but you just not he was not gonna tolerate any A B ness. 
And so I want to say that I was absolutely right when it come down to Sunday, whenever somebody asked me what happened, I said, A.B.'s meter filled up because everybody's different how they're going to handle something that may be disrespectful or crossing the line. So in the statement that Antonio Brown made, I'm going to read it here, which I read it very distraughtly last night. I took a seat on the sideline and my coach came up to me, very upset, and shouted, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I told him it's my ankle, but he knew that. It was well documented, which it was, and we had discussed it. He didn't order me to get on the field. I said, coach, I can't. He didn't call for medical attention. Instead, he shouted at me, you're done, while he ran his finger across his throat, the kill sign. Coach was telling me that if I didn't play hurt, then I was done with the Bucks. So this is basically what he's saying is that what I read. He went out because I watched. I was watching the game. He caught a nice little pass, nice little. Um, it was like a little fake out route. It was a little hitch route, a little comebacker. You know, what I'm saying like I'm gonna get you going inside, get you going outside, get you going inside, turn back outside, turn the hips, turn around, catch the ball. He did that. Turned around, got by like five yards. After the catch, he went down running. So, I mean, like, there could have been pain there with the ankle because the route was nice, yes, and it's AB, but you know what I'm saying? It could have been because, you know, if you go back and look at how I looked at it, you know what I'm saying? People play hurt. And like Keyshawn Johnson said, you know, he had, he was walking with a broken ankle. But, you know what I'm saying? If you got broken bone fragments in your ankle, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have a limp or whatever like that. And, Adrenaline is a hell of a thing. And, you know, when he got up from that catch even, he was, like, pumped up, ready to go. So you're not maybe not going to see a big noticeable limp or whatever. I, I, like, I've been through certain things where you can be like, okay, like, I'm fine or whatever. But whenever you come settle off and that pain starts to kick in, you're like, whoa, what is that? You don't want to keep playing on that and be like IT. You don't want to keep playing on it and, you know, be like Ronnie Lott, Clay Matthews, you know, people like that that wants to sit there and stay out there. I dig it. But, you know, you know, LT took it hard, you know, in that AFC Championship game against the Patriots whenever he couldn't get out there and play, but he couldn't. And whatever the little bit he saved by not going out there, he was able to at least help and do something with the Jets or at least whenever he went to Baltimore. Case in point, what I'm saying is, is that sometimes people make business decisions and it looked like Antonio Brown was like, well, we're, I know we're losing against the Jets right now, but I'm hurting. And I think out of frustration of not liking a individual, if that would have been Ronald Jones, get what I'm saying here? If that would have been Ronald Jones, I wonder how B.A. would have felt. I wonder if he would have been like, oh, we get, a, get somebody to look at it. You can't be that type of coach. You can't be that type of guy. Even if you don't like, that's like the, the voter for Aaron Rodgers. You know he's great, and you know that in the second half of the season, he's pulled away from Tom Brady. Don't come out saying your personal views. Just vote for the fucking man. B.A., who, who cares if you don't like the man? Because what you did, you put that, all that in front of the Buccaneers organization. Because... Like I said in this comment on Facebook, I'm scary. I'm scared. Very, very scared of my organization's front office. Leary as hell. Because 
they are some Trump-loving mugs, man. And they will handle this wrong. They will try to cover up and make B.A. look like he was in the right. And I just feel like that's going to backfire. And Tom Brady's going to be out. He's going to be, man, I'm not dealing with this. I go, go fucking San Fran because Trey Lance ain't working out. Right, Amici Lee. And Jimmy Garoppolo is out the door. Denver. Look at them. Tom Brady can like, I'm a wa- I'm a walking superhero contender. Super Super Bowl contender. Superhero. I guess you could say that. So, it ain't so much of like, yeah, we had the weapons. We had Mike Evans and stuff like that. Yeah, but teams are gathering up those things too. And if Debo Samuel or Ayuk, you know what I'm saying, is sitting there like, hey, man, like, we don't got a coach like that. It's not to sit there and call B.A. racist. No, it's not to sit there and call him a bigot or nothing like that. No. I'm saying that he just did not like Antonio Brown. He loves, and that's what I'm saying, you can't be a coach like that, to like, hate, don't like this, whatever, because what you feel is going to come out. And it did. In week 17 against the Jets, your best wide receiver at the time was injured. He was telling you he was hurt. We were losing to the Jets, and out of frustration, you said, you're done. You don't feel pain. Because I've heard a coach say that before. I've heard a coach be frustrated and be like, you hurt. But these grown men making millions of dollars, and here we are in a day and age where we can't question that, especially when it comes to injury in football, the most physical sport next to MMA boxing. You can't be like that. You can't put yourself in a situation where you're like, man, like – you, 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 you're you done. You're going to cut a man on the sideline? You're not going to keep it in-house? What if people get the vibe and feeling the things while Mike Evans was going over there like, chill, just wait till after the game. We ain't trying to have this be a distraction. But at that point, A.B.'s meter filled up. And A.B.'s going to A.B. So he explained, yeah, you know, I was in pain. And y'all might say, well, the way you ran off the field and jumping in the air and stuff like that. He said adrenaline was pumping, caught in the moment. It wasn't like he was running full speed. We just now got to see what these doctors are going to say and things of that nature. And we need to hear from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to hear from B.A. first. I want to hear if he is going to call Antonio Brown a liar. I wonder if he's going to sit there and call this man a bald-faced liar and be like, I did not say that because then we're going to have some real shit going. But if he sit there and he comes out and be like, you know, you know, you know, moments get, you know, heat, you know, heat in the moment, things get crazy. And, you know, I may have said some things or I may have said something to AB that, you know, that wasn't, you know, and I apologize for that or whatever like that. Yeah, he's going to get, he's going to get torched for it. But you got to be a man and come out and say it, man, you're the oldest coach in the league. You will lose the locker room that way. I mean, you know, you 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 open the season, you know, a couple games, wherever like it. You know, you you like to you like to to um you know rattle Tom a little bit, say a little couple things out in the media to try to get him fired up, you know, or whatever, or however it is your method. Uh, I don't want to sit there and start nitpicking 
on Bruce Arians, who I felt like was a good coach choice, and we ended up winning the Super Bowl on his, on his, on his second year. Third year. I just don't. Or second year. Yeah, it was second year, because he had Jameis on the second year. Right after Lovey, I want to say. And that didn't. 30 interceptions later. Yeah. But 5,000 yards is crazy. But anyway. I mean, if if a man is going to come out and say, what, around, what, week seven, that Byron Leftwich pretty much does all the work. He calls the plays. He runs the, he runs the classroom meetings. Take your ass on somewhere if this comes out to be true to where you are going to sit there and be like that to where, like, I know, I know for a fact if a player say, hey, I'm hurting, there, there's there's a 90% chance that coach is going to have, you know, medicals, check it out. If it's bullshit, you know, so they can be like, all right, you know. But you're not going to sit there and just be like, no, you're not. You're done. This is not PE class. This is the NFL. And there's just ways he did it now. You know, A.B. wasn't right for doing what he did because here lies the, with, with your teammates, yeah, the distraction or all that stuff like that. But if if what he's saying checks out, even though what he did may have not have been right, for him to feel disrespected, to feel like he's done, been done wrong, he's not wrong for that. He's not wrong for that. Period. Period. Oh, definitely not wrong for that um okay I just man this really burns me up because you know Bruce Arians is like you know he especially like years ago he was that coach you know with the little funny one-liners and stuff like that um just seemed like a real cool, like, players-type coach, you know what I'm saying, who ain't going to sit there and, you know, let the team, you know, fall off the cliff, but he's not, he's going to allow people to be loose. And I just didn't think that he, you know, from signing A.B. from the get-go, like, I, I could just tell by his demeanor, his sound of voice and everything changes, and he just don't like that man. And I just think it got to a point to where if any, like, little things that A.B. might have did that didn't come out through his tenure there, that may have been annoying to Bruce Arians. It damn sure all came out in that instant. If that is, in fact, true. And it just, once again, just like A.B. and the Raiders, it kind of makes him look more right because he's going to look like, hey, you see how these coaches are, how these people are in the front office and stuff. And we already know, like me and John Overstreet talked about, the Texans, the Panthers, Washington football team and how different offices and things and like that can be. So just when the racial thing can come into play. It's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope. And I, like I said, for the one player that I feel like that we got on our team that everybody loves, we'll be out of there if this shit hits the fan in the wrong way. Point blank, period. I can't say I'm wrong. Um, the NFL has 
been pretty good at, you know, saying, making sure people are right after, you know, since especially with the concussion thing and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I, that's what I'm trying, I'm trying to think in my head of where a professional football can player say, if a professional football player can say that I'm hurt. And it had to be probably back in the 60s whenever a coach was like, I don't give a shit. Because these players play hurt all the time. If they're really in pain, then there's something to be taken to worry about. Oh, whoa, 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 go, go, go take a look at him. Because all these guys playing in pain every week. They got something every week. I don't know. But A.B. does what A.B. does. Makes a song. Goes to the studio. Hang with Fabulous. Goes to a Brooklyn Nets game. Can't knock him for that. Can't knock him for that. And, you know, another thing to where if this comes out true, it's like everybody's like, man, he needs to get help. Man, I wish he gets help. Even though he may actually may need to get help because, like I said, even though that he may look like the right in this, the outburst of it, a person that I feel that that may have got him all would have just been like, all right, I see y'all. Keyshawn Johnson, man, perfect example. He said, man, after the game, I would have just waited and cussed his ass out. Everybody's different. T.O., different. I cuss you out on the sideline. <laughs> A.B., uh, so I'm, I'm cut, huh? I'm done. I, I wish I would sit out here. I'm taking my ass on home, home somewhere. I'm go go to the studio, go meet up with Fab or something. That's how he is. Who knows how Tom Brady would have acted if that would happen to him. What if he'd have sat there? He'd have been like, well, you putting the back up in. Okay, cool. I'm out. What if he'd have left? That's what I'm saying. People are different. And, you know, I thought that they were benching him so he wouldn't get his incentives, which would have been wrong about the Bucks. But if they would have been like, man, you got this ankle injury trying to hold you back, then then what? You know what I'm saying? But it turns out that he was the one sitting there trying to be held back because of the injury. And they're like, hey, buddy, get your ass out there. That's wrong. Because you make the decision. If you're not, then you let the fans sit there and be like, oh, he could have, you know, put us the Jets, man. If we lose the game, we went to the playoffs, you know. It doesn't matter. If we was playing the Saints and it was week six, you know, I'm pretty sure A.B. would have said, fuck it, I'm going to go out there and try it. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, man. Don't make no sense. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, like I did a few minutes ago, talking about that reporter or media guy, voter of the MVP award, who wanted to come out and sit there and say that Aaron Rodgers was uh, a jerk of a person and, uh, you know, just a, just a bad person. He's not getting his, you know, MVP vote. Gave his name. You know, and everything. Like, he felt real ballsy. And I think he did that because he thought he was going to have a backing. Like, where this, you know, and plus he probably has real people really taking this, you know, vaccination thing very seriously. Where internally, you know, they feel like if you out here willy-nilly, no vaccine, and sitting there like, ha, 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 ha. It is the people calling you a murderer. People calling you, you know, things like that, man. So he may have some real... Deep down, personal dislike for Aaron Rodgers. Bad, wrong business to sit there and try to air it out. 
because y'all ain't have no personal issues as far as knowing each other. Y'all ain't beef. Y'all ain't fight. Y'all ain't had no same chick or nothing like that. You just don't like the fact that he didn't get a vaccine and he tried to get, say, he had immunization. Whenever the people start to come down on him, you want to be the one to be like, yeah, he sucks. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but I, what I said yesterday was pretty spot on. And that man is really kicking ass. And in that, in that, uh, in that department of no interceptions, touchdowns. Um, he's only like a few touchdowns away from um, getting close to to Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, like in the, in the ballpark, and he played less games. I'm just saying, second half of the season, Aaron Rodgers owned it. Tom Brady has played good. You know as well, but when it comes down to somebody pers- personally hating you, shouldn't have that job to make votes for that because it makes me think of Terrell Owens and how what he had to go through ballot after ballot until the third ballot he gets in. But it's like, wow, what's the reason? Because y'all had these personal feelings towards him that doesn't apply to the voting process. But I don't know. T.O. didn't get the type of support Aaron Rodgers is getting as far as him calling him a bum and people like, yeah, you know, I agree with him. He's a bum. But you got to think there was other voters like that that's done that through years and years and years of other people. Bottom line. Through... I don't know, man. It's just one of those things where the uh, NFL is definitely going to have to take a look at certain things with how the John Gruden thing went down. Me and John Oshie talked about that. It's a lot of different things. But all I know is that something, this is definitely going to come to a head, and we're going to see what's going to happen. feel that Antonio Brown being the type of person he is in that statement he said like you can't sit there and try to make this like oh I'm this is all my mental health and I need help and all that stuff like that this is just me sitting there saying well if y'all cut me then I'm out period but we're gonna have uh, some more things to talk about I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump back on after a break, we're going to talk about the NBA. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving coming back. We're going to talk about what's, what's the pulse of the season, how things are going. Talk about Steph Curry's uh, struggles just a little bit, a slight struggle shooting the ball. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, the Lakers, of course. But I will be back. Mm-hmm. What's going on, good people? I'm back. Sauce Talk is back. We're going to... Um, talk about some NBA, but I just got hip to some, like, breaking news type thing. I guess you can call it um, AB, you know what I'm saying, started this morning um, releasing text messages between him and Bruce Arians before the Jets game. And uh, from the looks of it, um, it seems like, from the looks of it, it seems like um, Bruce Arians was, you know, trying to get in touch with 
uh, AB, and it looks like that they don't really talk a whole lot. I don't know, but judging by the words, wording of the, of the text message, hey, this is BA, uh, maybe they might have had each other's phone numbers. You know, maybe they just had face-to-face talks. But it seemed like AB has been to Bruce Arians' office to talk to him because that was kind of how that was kind of brought when he's like, come and see me rather than call me, even though he said call me, but I don't know. Um, it's kind of weird to, to show that now because everybody knew about the injury. I mean, the commentators knew he was on our and all that stuff like that. It just comes down to it to where how B.A. felt if he could play or not. And judging by uh, Antonio Brown's Snapchat, he's proud of the route he ran that I was talking about um, that he ran hurt because um, he got it on the Snapchat story. Um, as I was sitting there talking about it, it's crazy. Um, of one of his three catches – um, against the Jets, um, the last catch he had before he said he's you know hurt and didn't want to go back in. Um, like I said, just to me, it just feels like Bruce Arians, a person who just doesn't really like AB like that, and probably just had an opportunity where he like shit, you gone, you know, because AB has made it to who he's put it on himself to where he's made it to where people make him look at him as like you bullshitting. And you could be pegged with that. Me and John Overstreet talked about that. Um, Max Key and uh, um, Jay on ESPN talked about that. As far as being labeled something, um, once you label something, I mean, that's, you know, that's part of course. And it's not right because he could really be in pain. And, you know, it's not the first time a coach been like, hey, can you get back out there? Like I said, LaDainian Thomason. Um, quarterbacks like uh, Tony Romo, um, 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 you know, people that been like, ah, you know, wide receivers, corners and stuff like that. They always get that, you know, offensive lineman. You know, think of think of somebody like a like a uh, um, um, Peters uh, from uh, um, the Eagles, you know, Jason Peters, uh, Tyron Smith. Think about those guys that get, you know, okay, can you go? We we need you, man. You know, we need you. You know, think about that. Think about Curtis Martin, who who was in tears, crying, because he wanted the ball, but he was in pain because his knee was hurting so bad that here he was coming out the huddle with tears coming down his face, and here he about to get a carry against the Bears, you know, like, or I think it was the Patriots. But it's just it's just crazy, you know, like he was I was in tears. But I was, but he wouldn't change it for a fact because he wanted out there, you know what I'm saying? But AB was like, "Hey man, this is week eight, week eighteen coming. I played a little bit in that Panthers game, but you know, last season we didn't take breaks. Last season we played all the way through. Last season we won a Super Bowl. So I dig the, the plan. But if somebody got a broken, you know, ankle, you know what I'm saying, who's feeling in pain, we don't want to go out there and make it worse, just because we want to go out there and get reps. But AB can't act like that." Because then it's going to hurt on this whole rebound of trying to make it plead your case. Because you could have just sat there and everybody would have been like, dang, A.B., okay, must have been out or whatever like that. And after the game, you come out with your shit. And then B.A. would have to answer all the questions instead of being like, oh, he's done. Because of your outburst, because that was an outburst. People that are hurt and don't want to go back in the game just because the coach might have said, okay, you're done. They don't sit there and just do that. Not every Ten players. That's why whenever Mr. Uh, 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 Crazy Man, who went after LeBron, 
they were really like, hold on now. We have to evaluate this guy. We have to check him out and make sure he's okay. Because not every player that goes at LeBron, Lance Stevenson, James uh, 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 Crowder, um, you get what I'm saying. Those people have never done with what what Mr. Uh, Miller what was it, Oliver. Uh, I forget Miller. I think it was uh, I can't Oliver Miller. What was his name? I can't think of it. For the Detroit Pistons, when it, when LeBron elbowed him in the eye. Like people just don't act like that, so that's why they was like, "Okay, you're different. Okay, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to. Okay, okay, we'll keep out on you. One more outburst, and he can be gone. He can be gone. I'm not gonna see that man in, in in the NBA. So you know, it's the reason why AB still on the team is because I think Bruce Arians did something wrong first, and then AB, you know, saying overshadowed it, shadowed it with his action, and here we are now with. Releasing of text messages and he say she say stuff stuff like that you know. The shit show that now is curated in Tampa right in their playoffs. Not realizing that we got a Super Bowl champ on our team, that came there to do just that. And I'm moving on the NBA. Kyrie Irving came back yesterday, uh, made his debut for the season against the Indiana Pacers. He played 32 minutes. Uh, the Nets were down 19 points. Lance Stevenson on a 10-day for the Pacers came in there and got 20 hot points in six minutes. Finished with 30. Kevin Durant had 39. I think James Harden had around uh, 20, something like that, 16, something like that. Down 19 points. Brooklyn surges back and wins 129-121. You know, DeMontis Sabonis, 32-12 and and 10, triple-double. You know, the things that that end up, you know, beating them was uh, turnovers down the stretch. You know, kept turning the ball over. Um, Steph Curry, they go down to the Mavericks, the Warriors, well, the best team in the West right now, alongside with uh, Phoenix, they went down. They went down to the uh, to the Mavericks. Luka Doncic playing hurt, playing hurt. Did you hear that, AB? Playing hurt. Steph Curry had 14 points, man. 14 points. Went one for 10 from three. Had nine rebounds, five assists. This did not have it. He has been. Excuse me, there. He's been a little scratchy. He's been a little scratchy there. He's been a little scratchy. He's not been the he's not been the same, you know, since Steph Curry. They've been winning some games, but they have not been the same. They're twenty nine and eight. But he, you know, saying I think it's like, man, I need Clay. I need Clay. Clay is so close. I just think the anticipation is making him be like, God, I can't wait to get here. I, because being older in your thirties, you know, saying you can do these things and, and go ham and you know, saying and go wild and and and, and you run into a wall. You know what I'm saying? So he needs Clay to come in and kind of feel that void. He's been fresh. He ain't been playing. You know what I'm saying? Steph been going crazy. You know, he won the scoring title last year. He is like, where is Clay at? Cannot wait till he comes back. Luca at 26 and 7 and 8, two steals. Okay. Um,. Kyrie being back playing away games only, <laughs> that's, that's interesting because 
Kyrie Irving, who's been silent, and he came out with one statement, you know what I'm saying? He was very clear, and he was very proper with the statement. He wasn't disrespectful to the Nets. He wasn't disrespectful to his teammates. And, you know, things went down the road. The next thing you know, he put out a little message to him, you know what I'm saying, putting on tennis shoes and lacing them up. The next thing you know, here he is, January the 6th. Here he was lacing them up, scoring 22 points in a dub. The Nets knew that he was going to have to get back out there on the court, but they were just, you know, they just like how Bruce Arians put his foot down, they put their foot down, and they got to, you know, they can't really do a full reversal. So you're going to play away games. You can't play no home games until they really need you for a whole game, and then you will be in that arena. Don't worry. You know, these are the things that happens that understand that when you put stuff out there, like what are you going to do whenever it comes when rubber meets the road? You know what I'm saying? Like with the whole COVID thing in the in the college football playoffs, like, what would it really? You really was gonna like forfeit a team? You, you weren't gonna find another date? You really was just gonna just forfeit the team? I don't believe it. You know. Speaking of which, that's coming up Monday, Georgia Alabama. We'll have a little discussion about that in a later episode leading up to that. But you know, that just be real. You know, we knew Kyrie was gonna get back on the court eventually. You know, I looked at it like, you know, injury-prone as he has been in the past few years, especially with the Cleveland and, 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 you know, Boston. And, you know, this is kind of like good for him. You know, now he can get his feet wet, you know, win some games, you know what I'm saying, play some away games and rest for the home games. This is kind of like an injury deterrent to me. It's looking like a bona fide uh, cover-up for injury deterrent. And, you know what I'm saying, they're like, look, we need him. If he gets hurt in the playoffs, he gets hurt in the playoffs. Fuck it. We don't want him going to the playoffs with nothing lingering or nothing like that because that's who we need. Plain and simple. Speaking of lingering, Cezanne Williamson, he has made a statement. He has came out and made a statement. He was saying, you know, how difficult it has been with his foot recovery. And, and, um, as you can imagine, this has been a very difficult process for me. William said in in his first public statement, "I know there's a I know there's work to be done in my recovery before I can safely return to the court, but I will continue to put in the time necessary so I can get back on the floor with my team and represent the Pelican fans in the city of New Orleans at the highest level." He also said, "Basketball means everything to me, and I'm thankful for the Pelicans organization and everyone who has surrounded me with love and support throughout this journey. My family, friends, teammates, coaches, staff, fans, and everybody who has stood behind me and uplifted me when I needed it most." Um, he's still doing his rehab, um, but it's away from the team. He's getting himself together. Um, you know, I think it's more so like things with his weight. Um, you know, especially dealing with his feet, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have to get that to control and, you know what I'm saying, and get his foot right to where that, that burst, that athleticism that we saw. Um, he had a biologic injection on December the 16th. So, I mean, they drunk, they're doing everything. They're doing everything. They're trying to get him back out there. My opinion is this. Zion was everything we really, you know, saying that we, we came, he came out of nowhere. We didn't know that he was going to be this good. We saw the dunks, and then we started seeing the soft lay, you know, saying the touch, and then we started seeing the competitive nature. Then we started seeing a dog in him because he's not a three-point shooter, but if you're down three, you know, saying he's, he, you know, he hit it. 
You know, so so we seen certain things where he's like, man, he's a dog. But we didn't know that, you know, the weight game was going to be like this. We didn't know the injuries were going to just start popping out of nowhere. And now we look at his NBA career just like, man, men's restriction, wow. And now, damn. Because that's really what it was. It was hurt, men's restriction, wow, when he got to play. Because we got to see some amazing things. And then, damn, hurt. It all sucks, man. It all sucks. Feel bad for that. Really do. For um, Zion on that. Really do. Um, I really hope we can get that together. Um, I'm going to talk about the standings a little bit, and then I'm going to get on out of here. Because... Uh, trying to save some of this NBA talk when I have uh, my guests, my NBA guests with me. We're going we're gonna to chop that up. But Chicago Bulls, um, they're running things. Um, well, we talked about DeMar DeRozan in the, in the role he's on. You know, uh, great freak. Been playing excellent. They've been steady. It's been interesting that how the Lakers get all the uh, media attention. And here we got a MVP, finals MVP, finals winner, champion, and they don't even talk about this man. If it had been LeBron James, they had to talk about the man every day. But just to say Giannis ended his cupo like that, it's just it's hard to do, I guess, man. I guess it's hard to do. I guess it's hard to do. Um Something has got to be done with. Uh, I think something's got to be done with this this Knicks squad that I'm looking at here in 11 seed in the East from what they were last year, and it's like, how can you have a dip like this? You know, what I'm saying uh, you look at other teams. Lakers kind of refurbished their team with some older pieces. You know what I'm saying? Knicks was moving in the direction with the younger pieces, and Randall's finding the outer body of himself, quickly playing good. You know what I'm saying? You're getting some good things from Toppin. You got R.J. Barrett and stuff like that. And here they are right now, 18 and 20. Um, They won their last game. But I'm like, man, like when people was just finally feel hopeful, it's almost like the Cleveland Browns from last season to now. It's like, what are we doing? And now here we are in January where these months are now crucial. January, February, March, you ain't going into April. You gotta turn it up. Because you're 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 right now you're in that spot to where you can turn it up. You can get hell, you can get you can finish fifth seed. I can I know that possibly. And I hope Charlotte, you know what I'm saying, stays in that in that balance. But the Cleveland Cavaliers at the sixth seed right now for what they have and losing Colin Sexton, and here y'all are in the eleventh. Y'all better get it together. With being a game and a half back, I just think y'all need to find some momentum before y'all lose it. Because from what I'm watching, when I watch Knicks basketball, did not look it doesn't look nothing like last year at all. You know, the Hawks had injuries. You know, with Trey Trey Young and stuff like that. You know, Knicks lost Derrick Rose. I can dig that, but they still got younger pieces that they're supposed to be flourishing. R.J. Barrett, Neil and Cam Reddish close the gap.
keeping it real. It's just like Memphis, you know. If you look at Memphis or you look at the Clippers and the Nuggets, you're like, how the hell is that flipped? You know what I'm saying? Well, we've seen John Morant, what he did in the Utah series and what he was bringing to the table. He's he's, he's continuing it. He, he's on that path. You know, they have won 12 out of the last – I mean, no, they've won seven out of the last ten. They're on a six-game win streak. Um, you know, the Nuggets have lost two in a row. The Clippers have lost their last game, and here they are. Supposed to be where the Memphis Grizzlies are. The Mavericks are higher than the Lakers. Lakers has won three in a row. Mavericks has won four by beating Golden State last night. You know, I thought it was interesting that Buddy Hield was being asked about the Lakers and nearly possibly being traded to the Lakers. And, and um, he was like, I'm just glad I got a home. And I had a video with him and Jenny Buss talking and handshake. It's like, come on, man. Like, it was... It was just talks. Like act like act like it was like. But I think what it is makes it more pitiful. And hear me out now. Of all that is just like, damn, like, we should have did that. But we got Russ, and you know, Russ is a good guy. But I really would have preferred Buddy Hill. Really would have preferred Buddy Hill. I mean, that's just being honest, man. Let's just be real. The man has like a high three point percentage from contested threes. Open is off the charts. He's up there with, with Steph, but just not the quantity because he's for the Kings. If he play for the Lakers, he had a lot of attempts. We'll see if he's about that life and make those big shots. We should have got him. Definitely should have got him. Definitely should have got Buddy Hill. And that just looked like Jenny busted that handshake and him walking off. She was just like, God damn it. Oh, I can't believe it. That's why I looked at that ass. But, hey. Stanley Johnson got another 10-day for the for the Lakers. He must be doing something right. Um, the Mavericks. The Mavericks raise um, – why am I reading this right? I was sitting there tripping. I had some technical difficulties there. Yeah, the Mavericks – have raised Dirk and Whiskey jerseys to the Raptors um, on a day where they beat them, uh, the Washington, uh, the uh, Golden State uh, Warriors, which is crazy, you know. I think that is awesome that he, you know, saying got that, and I'm pretty sure they probably did that correctly, Dan Snyder, you know, with that little bull crap you did with Sean Taylor. I'm still mad about that. But, yeah, man, Dirk, to me, if I had to sit there and say, what is Dirk? Where is Dirk? Dirk's, Dirk's to me, definitely got to be a top 25-er. He might be top 15. He might be. You never know. Get back with me on that one. But Dirk might be a top 25, top 15 player. That's to say top 20. He's the top 20 guy. Where is he? I bet you there's probably a good percentage to probably say he's in the top 30. I don't know. Are y'all crazy or not? But I look like the crazy person by saying he could be top 20. Could people think he's top 10, which not me and not some of the friends I know. But for that organization, 
and how he, you know, what he did for the like Dirk Nowinski, man, that's a superhero story. Drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, traded to Dallas. Him and Steve Nash, a duo. Didn't work out. Made a couple good playoff spots after that fact. Got eliminated by eighth seeds twice. Come back. Losing the finals to Dwayne Wade. Tough. After being 2-0, you still break your records. You're still being darker. And then you finally get to go against LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, and you beat them. That's a good story. That's a damn good story. And for him to be the only superstar on the team, because you had, yeah, yeah, Jason Kidd, you had Jason Terry, you had, you know, Tyson Chandler, but those are not superstars. And those were guys that were longer in the tooth than Dark Nowinski. Credits to Jason Terry, credits to Jason Kidd. I mean, they helped out big time. Big time. Michael Finley, um, no, I don't like a feeling. He wasn't on that team tripping. Wasn't Brent Barry on that team? I could be tripping on that too. But I just know that that team was was full of veterans, misfits. And I think that where that's the Lakers, what they're trying to do now, and it's like, I don't know if that's going to work like that, man. I just don't know. I just don't know. It's the teams that's young and they got chemistry and they're moving. I mean, like, the Warriors are back to moving the ball the way they are. You know, Steph gets back hot and Clay gets going. Phoenix, they got chemistry with Bridges and Paul and how they do with Booker and stuff like that. Aiden, how he works with the offense, low post style and stuff like that. I mean, look at the Bucks and their chemistry and stuff. There's teams that now that got that young youth chemistry that is scary for these teams that are trying to build these veteran teams that knows basketball, but they can't run up and down the court and play defense on people like Devin Booker or – uh, you know, even like a Tyrese Halliburton is getting jiggy with it out there. So what do you think Trey Young could do to you or Jason Tatum? It's crazy. It is crazy. It is definitely, definitely, definitely crazy. It's going to be interesting um, back nine to the season. You know, how they going to – it's All-Star weekend going to be fun. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, – it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. Damon Lillard is supposed to be missing the next three games with an abdominal injury. That's going to be tough for a team that's bottom of the West and it's just not, you know, not been really been able to play well. And, you know, Lillard has been a big part of the not playing well part. And uh, it's crazy. That is crazy on that part, man, because they I just don't think a trade is going to happen. I think he's going to end up being on the Portland Trailblazers to the end of this season, and then we're going to be back to the drawing board to see if he's going to be one to move in the offseason, if Portland's going to be one to make a deal to see how the season ends. Because I don't see him getting traded before the trade deadline. There's like maybe like a 30% chance that Ben Simmons gets traded. Just being all real. Clay Thompson says that the uh, that the journey of getting back on the court has been way harder than in any game. I mean, of course. I mean, you gotta you're working out of something that you tore, something that you ruptured. You know, you got to get yourself back into that way of being able to where you can play. The playing part comes fun. That's easy for you. You score sixty points on freaking four dribbles. Duh. You got to get up, you got to do the physical training, you got to do the rehab, and you got to work out, and you got to, you know, make sure that you're stripping, you know, you got to strengthen stuff back up. 
But looks like Utah is going to be sitting there giving somebody a 10-day because Ingles enters the safety protocols as players are going in every other day. 10 days are just being, like, tossed out like, like golden tickets on Willy Wonka. It's just crazy. You know, I'm surprised T.O. ain't asked for a 10-day contract. Hell, he'd be trying to get on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Go ask for a 10-day, fool. Got Reggie Miller out there asking for a 10 days. It's just crazy. But, man, this has been a, been a nice episode, nice little kosher one, casual, you know, by myself. Just wanted to get some things out there. Like I said, give my opinion on A.B. and the whole B.A. situation. And I think that this is really going to ruin our chances to try to repeat. And I think that the NFL playoffs is going to be pretty wide open. I think Packers are not perfect. And you look at some other NFC teams, and just like the AFC side, I mean, it's going to be a great playoffs. But I just hate that the distraction that has been built inside of Tampa Bay that hopefully we can overcome and that we can uh, be able to play some good football because it looks like we're going to be playing in the wild card. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. But, you know, I'm going to leave by saying this. You know, people can sit there and make jokes and laugh and all that stuff like that. And just like people try to laugh and, you know, I was one of them, you know what I'm saying? Because in the heat of the moment when you're being mad, you know, you're going to find some laughter and some things. And, you know, I made my jokes wherever by A.B. and stuff like that. But it's looking like he's looking like he may have been done wrong and, and he did wrong. I mean, I ain't sitting there excusing him doing what he did to leave in the field. But what I'm saying is that one thing. I don't think he spit nobody's face, cussed nobody out to warrant somebody to be like, you're done, you're cut for him to do that. He was in pain. He said he was hurt. He didn't want to go back in the game. So it's just like on a funny temp, undisputed, they make fun of Mike McCarthy day in and day out. And here they are, 10 wins um, going into the playoffs, you know, at least two or three seed. So he can't be that bad. He can't be that bad. But, uh, that's my episode, and I want y'all to have a good one. Here we are coming up on Friday tomorrow. I'm probably, probably going to publish something. I may not, but if you're going to hear from me, it's probably going to be, if not tomorrow, you hear from me on Monday. But y'all have a good one, and this is the Sauce Talk. I'm out.